This episode of Geek Pod is brought to you by the Creole Soul Cafe. Savor that Louisiana flavor. My name is Paul, and I'm a comic book geek. My name is Hugh, and I'm an all-purpose geek. My name is Corbs, and I'm a sports geek. My name is Jack, I'm a history geek. This is Geek Pod. Podcasting, the lowest common denominator. These are the rantings of the Geek Pod crew. Its mission, to explore strange new topics and beat them to death. To seek out new ways to make Jack Corbin uncomfortable. To boldly go, or go boldly, or or just, just go. I'll, I'll go now. I'm sorry. I'm so, so sorry. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. And I'm Lana. Folks, what's got you geeked? Well, I'm pretty excited about something that uh, happened this past week, and you might have noticed by what you just heard previously, uh, if you were not aware, this week is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. The original series premiered back in uh, 1966, and, uh, you know, a big event if you're a Star Trek fan. Now, I know uh, Paul isn't big on Star Trek, and Lana doesn't know anything about Star Trek. So Star I... Trek. That, that's that one with the little the beady, beady, beady robot guy, right? But No. Stop. Just stop. <laughs> um, regardless of whether you like Star Trek or not, I mean, Star Trek really opened the doors to sci-fi as a, as a medium in the United States. And... The fact that it had such a resurgence and such popularity, uh, even in syndication, is part of the reason we have the TV and movie landscape that we have today. If Star Trek didn't exist, I don't think we would be in such a good place with sci-fi. And you have to think that because you know sci-fi and comic books and all that stuff cross over so much, not just literally like Star Trek comics, but the same kind of people like that stuff. Had it not been for the success of Star Trek, we would be looking at a very different world right now. Um, so you have to, you know, even if you're not into it, haven't gotten into it, don't like it, prefer Star Wars, like some, you know, idiots that wear kilts. Um, yeah, that's that's fine, but it certainly, you know, Star Wars exists because Star Trek paved the way, you know, uh, to a degree, and a lot of other things do as well. Um, I happen to be a Star Trek fan. My mom got me into it. And uh, I'm not just excited. What I'm geeked about isn't necessarily the 50th anniversary because, you know, even Paramount doesn't even seem to give a shit because they've done nothing but release a little video to Facebook uh, with some clips from movies. I mean, this could have been a big year for them, but they've really dropped the ball on it. You know, they showed us some trailers, one of which the writer even said, yeah, this movie sucks. Don't watch it. Ouch. Yeah. And uh, said, hey, we're making a TV show that's now going to premiere in four months, mind you, the new Star Trek Discovery set in the original Prime um, timeline, premieres in four months on CBS Digital, and we still don't even know who's been cast in it. 
outstanding. Yeah. That's that's good times. Yeah, so really Paramount dropped the ball. However, um, something did happen this week that you know is kind of cool. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this, but years ago um, they released a game called Star Trek Online. Played it. Have you? Really? I did, yes. Wow, you not, the not not tracker played Star Trek Online. I did not know that. Um, I, I was part of the the beta tester. I was in the, on the beta test for that game, and uh, okay, you liked it, but you know it, it was rough around the edges and things get in the way. So whatever. I didn't have time for a computer MMO at the time. Uh, now this past uh, Wednesday, I uh, log on to my PlayStation Four, and boom, there's Star Trek Online free to download because PlayStation has kind of become uh, a good place for uh, MMORGs. Or MMOs, uh, if you're into non-standard stuff, if you're not a World of Warcraft kind of person. Um, they've got DC Universe Online is exclusively available on PlayStation. And Star Trek Online is uh, now out for both Xbox and PlayStation. Now, what was interesting is when I loaded this up, I'm like, oh, how did I not know that this was on here? I totally would have loaded it up and played it. Uh, next day, I'm reading the news like, oh, yeah, you know, Star Trek Online was released for the PlayStation 4 yesterday. So it just <laughs> happened to be, a, I logged on there, it was, you know. Serendipitous. Uh, yeah. How, how often does right place, right time happen unless it's, you know, for the cop needing to fill his speeding ticket quota? You know, uh, it's, it, it doesn't ever happen to me. So, uh, yeah, I'm now playing Star Trek Online. Uh, they've definitely changed up the tutorial. Completely different now. Different tutorial. And um, I'm excited. I'm about to lose hours and hours and hours and days of my life. <laughs> uh, now, if you're interested in the game, it is, uh, they, they've got like close to 130 episodes they've released so far, and they're continuing to do that. And uh, it, it's kind of neat because it's got an over-the-shoulder over third-person view. Uh, you are walking around in places. And then when you get on the ship, it's got kind of a wonky ship battle interface. It takes some getting used to. I, I'm not super fond of it, but you have to deal with it. But then when you go to the planet, you beam down and you're shooting Borg and, and cool stuff. I mean, it's as close as we're probably going to get to a, a really awesome giant Star Trek game with a universe that's you know big enough that you can just go to all sorts of planets and, and beam down and do your Star Trek-y stuff. Uh, so yeah, that's what I'm geeked about right now. Very cool. Lana? Uh, I'm geeked about Suicide Squad. Um, I went to see the movie, I think it was Friday, and I thought it was great. Um, I don't think we saw enough of the Joker, though. There really wasn't a whole lot of him. That's what I'm hearing. I still have not seen it. Should I avoid spoiling? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. I don't mind. But there were very, like, Jared Leto, he's a really good Joker from what I've seen, but... He's, there was little to none of him. They were saying that a lot of his performance got left on the editing room floor. Yeah. Yeah. That's why he was so pissed off, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my dad was talking to my mom about it, and he said that um, Superman Batman came out too dark. So they tried to lighten this movie up a little more. back for reshoots. I wonder if that's where they cut his stuff. I th- I think that might the, have been the stuff you saw. Did he seem dark in the stuff he was in? No, um, really. The only scenes we saw him in was when he was uh, he saved Harley from a rooftop, and then at the very end, uh, he broke into the prison that she was in and picked her up. And the only other scene that we saw of him was um, he was sitting in a circle of like weapons. And he was, like, curled up on the ground, and that was about it. How many minutes of Joker do you think were in the movie? Um, Ballpark, don't. Maybe about, I don't know, eight? 
Wow. Yeah. That's really kind of a waste. Yeah. And... Especially with all the marketing with him. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. So like, basically they showed, like, every scene he was in in the previews, is what you're saying? Yeah, that's essentially. Insane. You... Yeah, that's awful because that really could have been. Uh, I was kind of hoping for. I, I want to see it, and I want to see his performance because, from what I, I hear, he's fantastic as the Joker. Just a different kind of crazy. There were crazy. about two thirty-second scenes where you saw him without Harley. The other scenes that you saw him in, he was either rescuing Harley or talking about her, like with her. So, I mean, there could have been a whole lot more of them. Him. And it, I, I that disappointed me because I was stoked to see Joker in this movie, and we saw so little of him. You know, I wonder if the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor is going to end up in a Batman film. It's possible. I think that the they should come out with a director's cut, like on DVD or Blu-ray or something, with all the scenes that we didn't see. They probably will. That's what they did with uh, Batman Superman. Well, well yeah. you, you know, normally I would say yes, but if all of that being cut because uh, if it was cut because they were trying to make tonal changes to the film, I could almost see them saving it. Because what they might have done is they might have done a lot more Joker backstory. Maybe he was more a part of the, the proceedings beforehand. And if they cut that all out, that could all be repurposed to show Joker backstory in a Batman film. True. <clears throat> now, from what I did hear, though, um, we get definite confirmation that Harley was involved in the murder of Robin, right? That was in there, like, when they were showing the rap sheets or whatever with the introductions, I guess it was in there, that she was an accomplice to Robin's murder with the Joker. That could be possible. I mean, I can't remember everything, but I don't recall that. I'm... I'm... Actually, I think... No, don't quote me on this. I could be wrong, but they only talked about, like, her backstory with the Joker. I'm pretty sure. Well, if that was part of the credits, you probably weren't paying attention. I guess when they showed them, like, there's, like, a a bio or something that comes up. Yeah. And apparently it was in there. They might have flashed it. I don't think it was long enough for anybody to sit there and read it. Because, uh... The lady, I forget her name, but she's, like, the one that's... Yeah, Waller. Uh, She had a portfolio of all these criminals. Like the rap sheets or whatever. Yeah, and it would, like, show the the picture of who it was and then go straight to a backstory scene. So it's when the picture and they had the rap sheet, it's probably in there. Someone, obviously... It might have been. Saw it enough to do that. It was was on one of the, the... Geek news sites. It's quite possible, but they didn't talk about it. There was no back scene or anything to it. Right. You know, I, I wanted to, to touch on Suicide Squad uh, because I was in Walmart the other day, okay? And I saw a Suicide Squad-themed thing. Now, this really bothered me, okay? I'm walking past the toys, right. and there is a Suicide Squad end cap. Now, I don't know if it was for Funko Pop Finals or whatever, because we were there for something else, and Avery's in school now, so she wasn't going, I want to see the babies! So we actually get to run by the toy aisles. How fucked up are you promoting anything with the word suicide in the kids' toy aisle? I don't right? care that it's a movie. I mean, it, it, I don't care that it's Joker. I don't even care if they have action figures or whatever, but that just seems a little bad taste. I don't it want does. my five-year-old saying, 
Danny, I like Suicide Squad. What's suicide? Exactly. Right. Not, not, That's not a conversation you want to have to have. Not yet, right. at least. Yeah. Wow. And, and Walmart, too. You'd think people would be in an uproar. You would think. And, I mean, even at uh, Toys R Us, all the Suicide Squad figures and everything are moved over where that, like, adult collector's section is. Okay, yeah. With, then, like, the Aliens figures and Sons of Anarchy and stuff like that. And G.I. Joe, for whatever reason. Um, but... And I mean, for for an adult collector, it's a weird divide because you go over to the DC section and see all the rest of the the DC six inch figures and no Suicide Squad figures. But you know, I don't think anyone's buying them anyway. But <laughs> well, at least they had the common sense not to put that in there because right. I mean, the, the film was rated what PG thirteen? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you shouldn't be marketing that at kids. But you know, I kind of felt the same way. I mean, uh, Batman versus Superman was PG thirteen, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, that was tough for me too because you know, here's a toy of a guy that, you know, murdered a bunch of people in the movie and we're supposed to call him a hero. So, um that that's weird too, but at least with Suicide Squad, it's a lot more cut and dry. Right. It's it's right in the name. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm kind of surprised they didn't go with Task Force X instead for the title because it makes it a little more mainstream easy. Well, I just wonder as a society we become somehow less PC and more PC all at the same time. It's just so bizarre to me sometimes. You know, people are complaining about one thing and then here's this other thing that's at least just as bad and nobody's saying anything about it. I, I really don't understand the world and I don't think I'm that old yet. <laughs> I really don't. You're not to get off my lawn yet? Yeah, yeah I'm not to get off my lawn. You're, you're, yeah, whatever you said. Yeah, pretty much. I, I'm going to go. I, I'll just I'll go. I'll just go now. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was great. Um, should we do a little behind the scenes on that too, on how, how that was presented this morning? Sure. Where I get a text message previously saying that we're recording a new opening and there's a theme. I'm like, okay, well that's usually you know my job, but okay. Um, and then <laughs> I get cornered in my kitchen this morning and Hugh says, okay, so this is what I'm thinking. It's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, dude, dude, you were you were geek shaming me. You're not allowed to geek shame me. Again, well, even a non-Star Trek, you know, geek should have. You, you got to have at least layman's knowledge of all things, you know, geeky to to really you know wear that label. You, you should know a little bit about that stuff. I did. I threw out my my Star Trek knowledge to you with Tweaky. How how did you know, I want to get actually, I want to go back to that I, I don't want to lose this but how did you end up playing Star Trek Online? That's when I was really into the different MMOs and I just oh, okay. it was one it was I wanted to check thing. out. You yeah. didn't play it for long? No, not for very long because right. I couldn't stick with it. It just it was back like you're talking about right after beta when it first came out and it was really bad. Yeah, yeah. So it's I it just couldn't. I think it's still installed on my computer. Just I don't know. Okay, anyway, back to the the story. No, that was about the extent of the story. It was just, like, the, my whole... If you could have seen the look meh. on Paul's face. Yeah. He, he was like, oh, God. Really, and, and Paul, have I ever had a bad idea yet? There was that time you said, hey, let's let Andrew run the board. <laughs> okay, well, if that's... Not, not relating to content, but... <clears throat> no, that's uh no, and that, that ended up once you read me the script for that, I thought it was great. So maybe someday as like an outtake, we should do the other script. 
Oh, the other yeah. ending. The other yeah. ending, yeah. So <laughs> we're going way too far behind the scenes right now. So I guess it's my turn. What's it is got your turn. Now, for those of you who've obviously just downloaded this and may actually pay attention to what we title these, um, Lana, tell them what number episode they're listening to right now. Forty-nine. Okay. So what does that mean? We're hitting kind of a milestone for our next episode. Okay, for those of you who aren't... Oh, I broke my pen. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Son of a... For those of you who aren't, you know, quick on the uptake with that, that means we're hitting episode 50. And that's kind of a big deal. Because I wasn't even sure we were going to make it past 20, to be honest. But 50 episodes. Well, actually, that we've labeled, like... Actual numerical. Episodes. Do you have an actual number if we count all the minisodes and stuff? You know what? I will. <laughs> you You're going to put out somebody's eye. Paul took his little broken piece of pen and just whipped it across the room. No, I broke it again. Here's the other half. Um, so, no, you know what? I, I will introduce that number on episode 50. Okay. So, that's, yeah. So I, I thought it'd be a good idea, you know, to do something special for 50, right? That's what you're supposed to do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and instead of doing it like you referenced earlier off mic, getting shit-faced and going home with people you don't know, <laughs> I thought maybe, you know, we'd, we'd get the whole band back together. The whole band. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I'm talking me, Hugh, Lana. The Corpse Twins. Gary frickin' Wiggins. Wiggy's coming back for this. Now, how many did he record when with... A couple. Well, was it even a couple? I feel there like... There was a I, few. Was, I feel there like, was only a few. But I feel like I was only there for one with him. One or two, I would think. Um, and... Andrew's coming back. So that we can berate him about not... You had one job! One job! And... Laura. Laura is actually coming into the studio for the first time with us. That's going to be exciting. Yes. For and her. Oh, yeah, for her. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm sure she's in Pennsylvania or wherever the hell she is this time. Virginia and getting pulled over again. Is anyone else thinking about uh, Andrew and Jack? <laughs> Maybe I tried Jack. Not to. <laughs> no, but like. They're like. They're. They're both their own kind of stupid, and then you put them together. And That's right. She's never met Gary, so she's worried about their, those <laughs> two kind of stupid. Yeah, yeah. And then there's there's Wiggy uh, in his um, Batman Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That was the very first episode I was a part of. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, how do I deal with this? What do what I did, say? Do I say something? What is this madness? <laughs> um, but these are the things that, uh, that we're going to touch upon next episode. Because I, I threw the homework out to everybody and said, you know, think back. All your favorite moments from the, the last 50 episodes. And then I, I want everyone to come back with some kind of, you know, something to reminisce about, something to make fun of. And then uh, what everybody wants to see going forward. What we can do different. All right. 100% less Jack. What? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, he's gonna listen to this and be like, oh, "Just man, cry." They diss yeah. Him. yeah, yeah. My favorite episodes were the ones without Jack. <laughs> well, it's no. most of them. <laughs> yeah, you got to pick on him since he never shows up. 
Right. And there may also be other um, special guest stars in house. If we could fit any more in, it's it's gonna be a you know table. we'll we'll pull out all the equipment and people will still be standing around waiting to get to a mic. Yeah, yeah. We'll make it work. We'll make it work. We will. Um, and we've already talked about this off mic, but I don't want to give this surprise away yet. But we do have a, a couple of cool things lined up for. Yeah, it. I'm excited about that. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, maybe maybe we'll even have snacks. What? Snacks and you won't actually like yell at Jack or somebody for asking for those snacks? Maybe I'll give everybody except Jack snacks. Let's do that. (laughs) Um, Considering bringing back um, a couple of, uh, well, from what I understand, favorites from the past. Possibly uh, Too Fake is coming back. If the interest is there, tweet us, let us know. And um, lots more cool stuff, hopefully, for episode 50. I think it's going to be a good one. I'm excited, and you know we we discussed it before. We might even be doing something bigger than just episode fifty. Right. Hopefully, fingers crossed. So. Yep. Stay tuned. All right. That's that's all. That's what's got me super geeked. Burp. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I have I have a note here that says Lana Color. Does that mean she's going to get out a coloring book? Uh, yes. <laughs> okay, well, she just need a book. She just take the crayons and start drawing on her face. <laughs> <laughs> No, I got that over with. I did that this morning. Um, we so, can see it. They can. I watched this video this morning, and don't quote me. I think the title was um, "Colors Humans Can't See." So, our eye made of light-sensitive tissues, and the things that allow us to see color are called um, cones. Now, dogs, they have a blue cone and they have a green cone, which allow them to see those colors and all the colors that those make. We have three. We have the blue, the green, and the red. So, we have one extra cone that dogs don't have, which allows us to see red and all the colors derivative of it. Now, I didn't know this. Butterflies, they have five cones. That means that there are two colors that we can't see, that they can see. So cool is that? He said that generally there are at least two colors around us that we are incapable of seeing. Now, there's a shrimp. It's called a mantis shrimp. They can see, they have 12 color cones, which means they can see four times the colors that we can see. And it's just, it's really, can you imagine that there are colors out there that we can't see? You think we have them all cover, covered, right? I would have thought so. I mean. Well, our, our color spectrum all feeds into itself. So I think there's got to be a point where you take that color spectrum, stretch it apart, and put a whole new color yeah, in there. And it, there's that, that a whole new section to it. Exactly. We can't see a lot of colors, and it's insane. Well, especially since everything we see has color. Exactly. So, does that mean that while that cup looks yellow to me, it's actually something completely different that is next to yellow and incorporates that in its its color spectrum? Quite possibly. Now, in this video, he started talking about sunsets, and there are so many colors in a sunset, and adding two extra base colors to all those colors 
imagine what a butterfly sees as a sunset. Now, butterflies, they see more colors than us, but their vision is not as sharp, so it's more blurry than ours, but they can see all of those colors. And I didn't do a whole lot of research on mantis shrimp because I just saw this stuff, like, like an hour ago. But they have four times, they have 16 color cones. And it just, it, it blows my mind that there are colors we can't see. That many of them. That many of them, too. And, and this is just talking base colors that make so many other colors mixed with you know, the colors that we have and the colors that they can see that we can't. Makes me wonder. So sitting here, all of the things in this room, these were all manufactured by humans. They were painted or dyed colors that we can see. So do those colors exist in here or do we have to find them in nature? You know, if we walk outside, those colors are there on that tree, but I can't see it. Or are they somehow here as well? All the colors that we have, those are made from dyes that we can see. But aren't most of those colors made from dyes that come from nature? So I guess a butterfly, that could be a completely different color than them. I think most of it's found out in nature because that's where it was made. Now all this stuff is manufactured by humans and what we can see. But out like trees, we don't control what color those are. We don't control what colors the sunsets are. So I imagine most of it's out in nature more than it is in here. So that tree, I can see, it looks to me to be green, but it might actually be prickle splat or globber spleen. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's it's, pretty cool. Yeah. And it kind of, it just upsets me because, I don't know, I, just, I like colors and I want to see all of them. And now that I know that there are so many more out there, I mean, there could be far more than the mantis shrimp can see. I, it's just, it's insane. I. She's gobsmacked right now. Mind fuck. You know, when she briefly told me about this and she wanted to, was going to talk about it on the mic, I I said, you know what you should do? Because she wants to be a makeup artist. I'm like, you need to come out with a line of makeup that's in the colors that are beyond our spectrum. And they're just clear. But you could totally market that to rich pricks who, who don't care and just like, it doesn't matter. I'm wearing makeup that you can't see. Ha, 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 hoity-toity. Uh, you totally could make a ton of money on that. And she says to me, well, what if people say, well, how do you know that actually is? I'm like, Lana, when someone questions your integrity, all you do is question theirs back and they can't respond. <laughs> That's fine. You know, I mean, politicians have been doing it for, you know, hundreds of years, thousands of years, probably. You could totally get away with that, at least for a little while. Definitely. I'm probably not going to do that, though. And then the money's made, so. Yeah. Well, I want to, like, come out with, like, pr- like quality products. The, the quality prickle splat makeup. <laughs> no thanks. Now, before we turn this into a Ponzi scheme, um, <laughs> is that is that end of a uh, science with Lana? Uh, yeah, I think so. Boom, science. <laughs> I, I look for somewhere to to, to just stick it in, that in yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that about you. Yes, <laughs> that's very interesting. That was very cool. That was a, a very good poll. I like that. I was impressed. That might become a thing. Science with Lana. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Outstanding. I like it. That was very cool. And now it's your job 
to come up with a shade that is Brickle Splat. Because <laughs> I want that on the website. Or Cobber Spleen. <laughs> Wait, oh, yeah, I, dude, I already have the shade. Yeah? Oh, it's clear. Yeah, right? you, can, you can't, can't see, see it. it. Yeah. I'm happy to give it to you, though. <laughs> now, would you like to go into your news segment? I would love to go into the news right now. Let me get myself set up here. All right, been a busy week, busy couple weeks, actually. Uh, Hopefully, I have uh, covered most of the stuff, and I know if I missed anything, Paul will make sure to bring it up at the end, because that's what I count on you for. So, first up, I'll seed you in Gotham. Now, uh, you may not have known this, but Joe Mag... Mag... Yeah, Joe Mangan... Mangan... Yeah, that guy. Manganiella. You know, I actually practiced saying this last name. Before I came here, and now I'm butchering it. Butchering it. Joe Manganiella has been cast as Deathstroke in Ben Affleck's Batman. Now, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. He played a character named Alcide Hervaux in the uh, True Blood series. Um, great actor. Uh, did lots of. He did, was able to do uh, happy and angry, sad, vicious, whatever. Full range. Uh, he was actually my first pick for Superman before Henry Cavill got uh, got the role. I uh, still. Wish he had, because while I think Cable's very imposing and he looks the part, I haven't seen a range from him. So, I mean, Superman's kind of supposed to be inspiring, and I I don't necessarily get that from him. But more about that later. Um, Joe has been cast as Deathstroke uh, in Ben Affleck's Batman, and I think it's pretty exciting, because he kind of looks the part. He's got the right look. He's definitely got the physicality for it. Uh, If you've watched him on True Blood, uh, he definitely has range that I think will be helpful to the character. And while I love Manu Bennett in uh, Arrow... As uh, Slade Wilson, I, I think Joe's going to do a fantastic job. Uh, are you familiar with his work at all, Paul? Not really. Okay. I, I recognize the name, so that was a plus. Yeah, but, but still don't know how to say it. Right. I know <laughs> now, how to read it. So. There you go. Next up, no more, please. We've had enough. Uh, if you're not aware of this, Alan Moore has revealed he'll he'll soon be bringing his comic book career to an end. Now, this is the guy that did some seminal works like V for Vendetta and Watchmen, is now saying that he is retiring. He feels like he has about 250 more pages left in him. Now, I'm not sure how the fuck you even gauge that, but okay. <laughs> Alan's a fucking crazy bastard, so he can say whatever he wants. Now, he was uh, making an announcement at a London press conference uh, for his uh, new up- upcoming novel called Jerusalem. And he said, I think I have done enough for comics. I've done all that I can. I think if I were to continue to work in comics, inevitably the ideas would suffer. Inevitably you'd start to see me retread old ground, and I think both you and I probably deserve something better than that. Now, the interesting part is I was thinking about uh, calling this, you know, getting out while you're on top 10 years later. Um, <laughs> because, I, again, I shouldn't say that. I mean, his work is still good, but he has said some really awful things. Uh, in the uh, comic book industry. And it's kind of tarnished my respect for him. Yeah, he's created some amazing, amazing stuff out there. Uh, but it's hard to look at it without looking at some of his opinions and some of the things he said as, uh, as well. Uh, I do wonder, is he going to bring his uh, unique brand of a crazy old bastard to another uh, medium? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he can really write for film. He certainly has never been happy with any of the film adaptations of his comics, so maybe he could go make film adaptations of comics. Right, do his own. Maybe, yeah. You know, somebody would go see that. Yeah, well, I'm sure, at least the first time, <laughs> for sure. Next up, there's no use crying over sour milk. Uh, Jeff Nichols, who uh, made uh, the recent movie Midnight Special, has been tapped to do a remake of Alien Nation. Uh, and I, I don't know if you've ever seen Alien Nation, the TV show or the movie. Yes. 1988 movie uh, starred... Mandy James Patton. Can. Oh, James Can. That's right, James Can, and it was Mandy, Mandy Patton. 
Patankin. I never say his name either. That seems to be a theme today. Uh, it basically, it was a movie about a race of aliens who um, comes to Earth. Uh, they're basically seeking refuge, and uh, Earth tries to assimilate them into the population. And it focuses on a pair of cops, one who's human, one who's an alien. And uh, the aliens really are trying to, they're not trying to come here, invade, or anything like that. They, they needed a home. Their home was gone, and all of the, the racism that they deal with. Also spawned a TV show, which I ran, I believe, three seasons. Uh, I watched it. Uh, loved it. It was a great show. Uh, looking forward to this. There aren't really any further details right now, uh, but I will be watching this closely because, you know, it, it's one of those things, it, it, one of those properties that's ripe for the picking as opposed to some other properties we've talked about where they're like, hey, let's remake this three years after they've already made it. Um, this is something that's been on the shelf for a while, and it's not icon- so iconic, I think, that you're going to get people going, man, the original was better. You know, it's... Yeah. You know, not that big of a deal. Uh, next up, if Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway has uh, said that she would like to uh, play Catwoman again. She's expressed desire to uh, take the role on again recently. She said, I'm not sure how it would work because I think Chris Nol- the Chris Nolan chapter of the Batman story is wrapped up and I'm part of that. But I love D- the DC Universe and it would be fun to take a trip back. Now, this is interesting. This is Anne Hathaway. She's in Hollywood. She's uh, clearly in the know. She says... I think the Chris Nolan chapter has wrapped up. I mean, if anybody should really know, I mean, I know that. Right. You know that. Yeah. That, she that's she thinks sale. she knows that. I I I thought that was kind of a weird statement. Uh, that being said, her Catwoman was different. I don't necessarily think it was bad. I also don't think she was utilized that much in that last movie. Uh, I don't feel like I can say she's a, a a good or bad Catwoman yet. She looks good in the suit, but. Uh, as far as the rest of it goes, it wasn't really a traditional Catwoman. So if they ever go, you know, Snyder's looking to recast uh, Catwoman and bring her into the Batman universe, you know, uh, give her a shot. Why maybe? not? Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it's not the same as like, you know, Halle Berry is Catwoman again. No. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely not. No. Uh, and last up in the news, putting the brightest day in darkest night. Now, Jeff John sat down with the Wall Street Journal recently to talk about his new role uh, taking care of the DC film universe along with uh, John Berg. And he said some things. Basically, that they're going to start to make the movies more inspiring, starting with the Justice League movie. He stated, stated, mistakenly in the past, I think the studio has said, oh, DC films are gritty and dark, and that's what makes them different. That couldn't be more wrong. It's a hope, hopeful and optimistic view of life. Even Batman has a glimmer of that in him. If he didn't think he could make a better tomorrow, he'd stop. Um, talking uh, about Batman, he did also state that the Justice League will address the Dark Knight's actions in Batman versus Superman, both in regards to him torturing criminals and trying to kill the Man of Steel. Uh, he also said, to have these characters be part of the fabric of pop culture is so rewarding. Though, of course, we were disappointed with the movies weren't better reviewed. We accelerated the story, meaning you know, moving fa- faster on Justice League than they planned, to get to the hope and optimism a little faster. So as we said before, when uh, it was announced that he was taking over the film division, it was kind of like thank God, you know, finally yes. in good hands. Uh, again, you know, showing us that you know that is the right decision. And man, if only they could have just had him take over seven years ago. Right when they should have. Yeah, because now they have to spend time, you know, crawling out of the hole they dug themselves in. But I, I think this is kind of is you know officially them acknowledging that we fucked up. Um, I guess that's a good enough apology. To start. <laughs> um, but my, my issue is, you know, he, he's saying, okay, we're going to acknowledge 
Batman's fuck-ups from the previous movie. Didn't we hear this the last time, too? We're going to acknowledge the, the mass destruction. And, it, and they did. They did acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, they acknowledged it. But, I mean, it really... Well... I guess it's just my... I just fucking hate that you know, movie. You know, I don't like it either, but I, I would disagree with you there. I think that it was acknowledged, and it was acknowledged fine, because you can see he immediately tries to get Doomsday out of the city population. It comes down to he didn't, he had not ever fought anybody like Zod. Superman did not know what to do. Um, Zod knew how to get to him, you know, by putting innocent lives at risk. Uh, mm-hmm. He made a mistake. Uh, I think he certainly acknowledged that in Batman versus Superman. I know we didn't see him going on TV and going, I'm so sorry I killed all those people. I, I don't think that would have helped. And I don't even think Superman of the comics would have done something like that. You know, It's not going to help. It's just going to piss people off more. Um, but I do feel like they acknowledge that the anger the Bruce Wayne had and showing you know Superman not only willing to die to save the human race, but taking the fight somewhere where people wouldn't get hurt. Yeah. And I mean, now that you were talking about it, I mean, that was a, a, a through line throughout that whole movie. I mean, that that's why the, the guy in the wheelchair was so angry. I mean, it's, it was all an effect from the damage caused. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'll take that back. Yeah. Sorry, Paul. Have you seen the Ultimate Edition, by the way? You know, I don't know if the version I watched was the Ultimate Edition or not. Did it have the extra 30 minutes? I thought so, but now I've heard you talk about uh, um, scenes that I don't think I saw. So, Then I have no idea what you saw. I think I saw the standard edition. I made a mistake. No. I, I didn't I didn't want to look you know too closely at the uh, the cover of the film because it was burning my eyes. <laughs> because it just hurts. Yeah, it hurts. <laughs> um, again, although I, I'll reiterate, Ultimate Edition made it actually watchable. So, a lot more explanations... We've already had this discussion. Do we have it on mic? I don't know. Okay. It's I not that important like regardless. Yeah, it's, 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 we don't have any... I'm pretty sure you saw the ultimate version because the one that I watched with you was different from the one that I watched with my grandmother. Oh, okay. All right, then. Did they name check Jimmy Olsen in the one you saw? When? At the beginning of the movie. The very beginning. He introduces himself to Lois. My name is Jimmy Olsen. I'm going to be your photographer. I think so. Okay. Then yeah, I think so. Yeah. Edition. Yes. Okay. Okay. Because the one I saw with my dad, uh, they had that scene where uh, Luther and the other lady was bickering, and then she saw the grandma's sweet peach tea. But in the one that I saw with my grandma, there was no explanation to that. There was no bicker scene. Wait, no. No, that, that was in, in or- both of them. Yeah. That was in, that oh. was in the, yeah. I don't the remember. Theatrical cut. Oh, then I don't know. Maybe not. Okay. Moving on. Yes, enough talk about this. You know, if we actually cut together a Batman versus Superman episode with all the times that it's come up and we've talked about it, we would be at episode 75. Probably, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tired of it. So, um, since we were discussing movies, I went out to the movies last week. I went and saw Kevin Smith's Yoga Hosers. Really? I did. I'm excited to hear about this. Um, I enjoyed it. Oh, I also did the night before I did do my homework and I watched Tusk finally. Okay, is your reaction the same as mine? I don't think so. Really? Um, It was fucked up to like the nth degree. 
But I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun watching Tusk. Like, oh, it was God. fun for me. I also got a lot of the, like, the, the, the Easter eggs that they placed from, like, the, the diff, his different podcasts in there. Did you, and I don't know if you went back and uh, listened to what I said about it before. No. Did you, did you see the, what I found disjointed about when they bring the inspector and it's almost like it turns into a completely different movie for like an hour? Like a, to- yeah. almost a whole different story and it kind of pulled you out of the main story? It twists around on you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was a, a smart decision because while the, the main story is twisted and may not be super awesome, I mean, at least you're, you're trying to get into it. And then they go into, for, for a while there, it wasn't even really connected to any of that. You know, it was just too long. I think that that part should have been edited down or the main narrative should have been uh, woven into that sooner. Because while he was an incredibly interesting character and his parts, I think, were better than the rest of the movie, um, it really was like you flipped the channel to a different movie for a while. Yeah, then it becomes the Manhunt movie instead yeah. of the, the horror movie we yeah. had. I get that. And and I do think that could have been laced together a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Or maybe a little bit sooner into the movie. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's Kevin Smith, so you know it's wordy. That's it, just, that's what they do. You get wordy in a Kevin Smith movie. And the only reason I even busted Tusk out was so I could understand who these characters were I was going to spend an hour and a half with the, the next night. The, uh... The clerks from the convenience store who had two minutes of screen time in Tusk. So I was like, I didn't even need to watch this movie to watch Yoga Hosers. Yeah. But I'm glad I did because, like I said, it was was a lot of fun. I uh, I mean, even down to Wallace's ringtone, um, which was a nod to Hollywood Babylon. Um, So uh, it's, it's definitely more enjoyable if you've... Listen to the podcasts. Like okay. you get all the like the inside jokes and stuff into it. But wow, is that a fucked up yeah. story? What? Wait, yoga hosers or Tusk? Still on Tusk. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yoga hosers is weird too. Um, and I went to the Fathom Events version of it where you get the the Q and A with Kevin Smith and stuff beforehand. There's an introduction that they recorded from the the. Count Basie Theater in New Jersey when he was doing the Yoga Yoga Hosers tour. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and he explains in there that he made Yoga Hosers because he wanted a movie where geek dads like us can take their daughters to a movie and they have a hero to look up to that's like them. I'm prefacing that for a reason. Because you go into this movie, and you watch the movie, and it is definitely made for teenage girls. Really? Like, the, the Colleens spend all of their fucking time on their phones. Faces in their phones, doing the whole thing. They're, they're teenage girls. They have a band called Glamthrax. <laughs> um, the, the first thing you see them do when, when you're introduced to them in the movie is they're doing a version of I'm the Man. And it was outstanding. The whole thing is just... It's its hilarious. its th- This movie, again, was not made for you and I, Hugh. This okay. movie was made for Lana. And, uh... I mean... Lana, if she listens to all of Kevin Smith's podcasts. Oh, okay. okay. Because, I mean, there was... A shit ton of references in this one, too. 
like when you get to the payoff on who who created the Bratzies at the end, it's Ralph Garman, who is his co-host on Hollywood Babylon, and he's supposed to be this this Nazi scientist who was cryogenically frozen until now and yada yada yada. He's woken up and he's learning about culture through Netflix. So he explains his evil plan by doing voices because that's what Ralph Garman does. He does a lot of voices. So he starts off explaining his evil plan by doing Al Pacino, and he'll he'll be doing his whole thing, and then ooh ah, <laughs> just keeps going into it. And there's no reason for it, like, and you can even see it with um, Gila Point and the girls, and they're all just looking at each other like, what the fuck is he doing? Because he goes from that into like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then he does a couple more. I can't remember all. He does Stallone, which was great. Like because he's doing the whole, you know, you know, like it's like it's Rocky. And see, obviously, I can't do voices. We should have Jack here because he thinks he can do voices. Um, yeah, that's a good reason to have Jack here. Right. Give him something to do. Um, but I had a lot of fun with it. It's very lighthearted. Um, Laura actually, she messaged me when I got out of the movie because she was super excited. She had wanted to see the movie. Um, and she goes, well, what did you think? And I said, it was cute. Because that's what it, it was, a, a cute movie, it was fun. Way more lighthearted than Tusk. They do reference Tusk a few times in it, like they show a newspaper talking about the Manitoba manatee. <laughs> and, uh, even the inspector seemed way more lighthearted in this one. He, yeah. he was almost, it was almost like he was a parody of himself. And it was Johnny Depp back, he, he came back for it. But you can't tell by looking at him. And uh, I almost got a vibe like they were riffing on Columbo with him in this one. Like, yeah. that that's what they were going for. Like, that whole kind of foppish yeah. idea. But, now, there's a, this is a, the middle of a trilogy, right? Yes, yes. The, the last one, and they acknowledge at the end of it, you know, the Callians will return in Moose Jaws. Yeah. You're looking at me funny. Yeah, he said Moose Jaws. He did, really. Do you want the the movie pitch for that? Sure. Jaws. But with a moose. That's great. That's exactly how Kevin Smith is describing this movie. Oh, boy. Rumor has it, Jay and Silent Bob (laughs) will be appearing in that one. There we go. So we'll be tying all of them together at this point, I guess. This is, you know, I, I will watch it when it becomes available. Um, do you think that, because my wife said that she hates Kevin Smith for the two hours she lost to Tusk. <laughs> do you think she will enjoy this more? Is it that different of a movie? It's a totally different movie. Does it make more totally. sense? I mean, more cohesive, do you think? No, it's the same kind of ridiculous. There's, just there's ridiculousness and there's branches that don't need to be... Like, there's a whole subplot with two teenage Satanists. <laughs> yeah. And then, do those even exist anymore? Uh, in Canada, they do, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, and it's it's almost like a cartoonified version of Canada. Like, everyone is saying A in a boot. And sorry about that. Wasn't it his daughter that played the main role? Yes. In the movie? She's one of the Colleen's, yes. His daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter. So, which is how they got Johnny Depp into it. Um, and then, 
we get a bunch of like asides of the girls taking their yoga classes with uh their their yoga instructors that he's a yogi, I guess that's a thing. Yeah. And his name is Yogi Bear. <laughs> and there's a whole like running joke throughout it where he's on the phone with these American lawyers who are basically trying to give him cease and desist for using Yogi Bear. <laughs> uh, but it's it was fun. I mean, if, if you can find somewhere to go see this, go see it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I say that because I've actually searched to see where you can see the movie now. Good fucking luck finding it. Everyone did the one night premiere. Like, you could actually find theaters for that. Nowhere around, no. It's it's very it's very select theaters, and Tusk had like a wide release, didn't it? I feel like well, maybe that's why this one doesn't have a wide release. Um, maybe Moose Jaws will bring it back around. Jaws oh. with Moose. Yeah, that's. Yeah, if nothing else, the premise of that interests me. And there's going to be lots of jokes, throwbacks to the original Jaws movie. I'm sure you can't make that without that. That's that's his intention. He almost. It, I'm hoping it was tongue in cheek, but he said he plans on going beat for beat with the original Jaws, with Jay and Silent Bob as. See, it's been so long since I saw Jaws. What are the, oh. the characters? He's not going to kill one of them, is he? Oh. No. He said he will. Again, I don't know if it's for real or not, but he says it's going to be uh, Jay and Silent. I mean, Silent Bob. It gets eaten by the moose. No, you can't do that. No. My only problem with it is, if you want to do it, do it. But you can't do it before you do the Mallrats TV series and Clerks 3. Yeah. You need them in those movies. Now, how great would it be at the end of Clerks 3, you find out Jay and Silent Bob need to go to Canada for something. And then that's when it happens. Gotcha. But I, I guess that's my, uh, my view askew report. For that one. I like well, Silent Bob more than I like Jay. I'd rather have Jay die. I think Jay is going to take on the heroic role that kills the moose, actually. So, um, Jason Muse does have a cameo in Yoga Hosers. As? No. J- oh. I don't want to give it away. I want you okay. to see it. Because okay. it's just ridiculous. <laughs> he, he introduces um, Gila Point into the movie. Okay. So. All right. Wait till I see it. Yes. Um, the 16 people that were in the theater all applauded when Gila Point came on screen. <laughs> 16. Yeah. That's why you don't have a wide release. Yes. And uh, on that note, we're, uh, we're about 50 minutes into the show, so I think uh, we're going to take a quick break here for a uh, message from our sponsors. Works as good as anything else. Come savor that Louisiana flavor at the Creole Soul Cafe, the best of Nolans right here in Syracuse. Be sure to check out the monthly special coupon exclusively for GeekPod listeners. Get yours at geekpod.com or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash geekpod. Bring your coupon into one of the two convenient locations in Syracuse, downtown at 128 East Jefferson Street or in the food court at the Shopping Town Mall. Tell them GeekPod sent you. The Creole Soul Cafe. Savor that Louisiana flavor. And now, back to the show. 
So that was a message from our sponsors, and I actually wanted to talk about our sponsors because I had the opportunity to visit the Creole Soul Stand at the Great New York State Fair, uh, which just uh, concluded last week. Now, I know, Paul, you've eaten a lot of food there. Uh, yeah, not at the fair at Creole Soul. Yes. Yeah, you've never eaten clear. a lot of food at the fair? Not this year. I didn't even go. Oh, wow. But we, we can touch on that after. Creole okay. Soul. Uh, yeah, so I, I uh, went there uh, with the intention. I wanted to introduce myself since uh, the owner has you know, spoke with you about our, our sponsorship and all that, and I haven't had the chance to get there because wouldn't you know it, I haven't had to go to the Shopping Town Mall for anything in quite a while. Don't know why that would happen. Uh, anyway, uh, so I, I go up and I say, hey, you know, is the owner here? And he's like, well, yeah. And it goes, hey, you know, I'm you know, the other half of Geek Pod. You know, I've been wanting to try out your food. And he's like, oh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, well, what I'd like, because they didn't have this on the menu. I said, what I'd really like is I want to try the food. Wasn't looking for a discount. I'm like, I, I just want some red beans and rice and some collard greens. Now, they have all, they had some, some higher end stuff with meats and stuff. It's like, no, I want to try the, the, the Cajun staples. That's the stuff I really like. So he uh, gave me a, that, actually, we should see if they'll put this on the coupon. Just the vegetarian red beans and rice, no meat in it. You know, it meets meat, you know, it doesn't matter. And uh, some collard greens. And I got to tell you something. I was blown away by this. First of all, as I'm leaving the stand, he goes, hey, there's hot sauce right there. Well, you know, I'm, of course, I'm going to try it without hot sauce first. I want to see right, what it actually tastes. their flavors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, spot on. I mean, it was enough heat that I felt it, but it didn't overpower anything. It was hot enough that I didn't feel like I needed the uh, the hot sauce, which usually Cajun food, when you get it, you know, it's a little bit... You, Cajun shouldn't be bland, but it usually is because they're worried about it being too hot for people. I mean, I thought this was pretty good. Uh, the second thing I noticed, the collard greens... Fully cooked, but still firm. Now, I really have always thought I preferred my collard greens. Um, I prefer theirs now because I cannot get everything else to cook and the greens to cook, but still be firm. I was really blown away by this because it was the perfect texture. Uh, Mine tend to be a little softer, so this was awesome. Third thing about that, again, blew me away. Little bits of onion. Now, I'm not sure if I'm assuming it was in the collard greens, not in the uh, the red beans and rice. Uh, Cooked, but crispy, like audibly crispy yet fully cooked again uh wow in a, a something that you boil and simmer for a long period of time generally mm-hmm. i don't even know how how they did that so my hat is off to the owner of creole soul i mean best collard greens ever had uh, best red beans and rice i've ever had um stunning and I, you know i can't wait till the next time we have to go to the shopping town mall because i am definitely going to be eating there rather than at the mall chinese place right yeah the food is phenomenal i love that at least once a week i go yeah at least once a week and, and you know it's it's not like yeah they're our sponsor now uh, i'm not saying this because they're our sponsor i'm saying this because i wanted to try their food and i loved it that much i mean really if you're even remotely into cajun food and i don't know about you but i think red beans and rice should be an american comfort food because I, damned if it's not one of the most comforting dishes I've, I've ever eaten. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, you've got to check it out. I mean, these, these guys are at the top of their game. Oh, they're, they're awesome. And it's traditional. Um, his family is from Louisiana. He has an uncle who, who runs a restaurant on... Help me here. Bourbon Street? Yes. Nice. So it's, it's... These are time-honored recipes of his family's like this is his lifelong passion so this isn't just somebody deciding that they thought this is something syracuse needed and they could fill that hole this is his life this is what they do well you definitely should check it out and i know this might be a little weird geek pod having sponsors now 
Uh, you know, I, I don't think we've really talked about this, but, you know, you get to a point, you know, podcasts cost money. You know, it costs money to pay for web hosting and things like that. And I know a lot of places have gone to, like, doing an extra 30 minutes that's premium and they make people pay yearly or something like that. Um, you know, we kind of thought we'd rather go this route because we don't want to charge people to listen to us. I wouldn't want to pay to listen to myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know what? The only you know to, to continue doing things like that, you know, we got to get people out there. So you know, I'm saying this because you know we've traditionally don't always get a lot of active feedback. response feedback. Yeah. yeah, it's like people. I mean, we can look and see you know this many thousands of people listen to us this month, but you know we can't get anyone to you know, write us an email. Tweet us. So yeah, I mean, I don't care if you e- email or tweet us, but go check out their food. Throw a Geek Pod sent me, or I, I heard about you on Geek Pod. You know, if you don't want to use the coupon to get the. Uh, the, the Voodoo Burger, get something else. Let them know that you heard about them on our podcast because, you know, we, we would want to we want to be able to provide the best show we can. And if we can continue with the sponsorship, I mean, there are things we can do to make the show better. Do you agree, Paul? I agree. We might actually be able to get some people in, with talent in here. <laughs> well, yeah, but then I, I don't want to run the show with somebody else, Paul. <laughs> I actually thought it was just going to be Jack and the rest of us were gone. But. Oh. <laughs> Oh, but yeah. So yeah, that that is my plea to our listeners. Check it out. Um, and I, I can assure you, you know, it's not a ploy to make money. I don't know if we'll ever make money, but it'd be nice to cover the costs, wouldn't it? Yes, because pretty soon, otherwise, I'm pulling the plug on this if if some money doesn't roll in to take care of it. So <laughs> yeah, um, all the that cocaine and hookers get expensive. It does. Yeah. You have no idea. Maybe you do. I don't know. <laughs> All right, so I see something sitting in front of me here. You do. That is a glabberspleen-colored cup filled with this week's pick of the uh, week for beer bastards. Now, don't take a sip yet. Actually, I'm going to have you smell it. It smells like beer. Yeah, it does smell like beer. Now, this, uh, we didn't, I don't know, we could have done you know one of the commercial beers, but whatever. I brought one of mine this week. Um, this is brand new batch. This is a chili lime beer. It's a chili lime American light. Uh, now, smell it. Now, take a good smell again. It just smells like regular beer. When I first yes. cracked this open, I was like, damn it, because I didn't think anything came through. I, I didn't think that I got any of what I, I looked for. Uh, let's let's take a sip now. I don't know what I'm getting out of that. That's a lime. That's uh, it's, I mean, there's definitely there's definitely a different flavor to it. it. Try it again. It is, and it's not fake lime flavor. That is actual lime juice squeezed from limes. That is actual lime pulp that I cut out of it. It's got a, a fresher, a fresher lime flavor. Like you've got a Bud Light light or lime, which I'm not going to diss, but it kind of tastes Never like had fake. It. Okay, it tastes like fake fake lime. I want to give Paul a chance to get that out of there because it, it's actually citrusy. It's, it, I. This is my my favorite that I brewed so far. You don't you don't look like you have a happy face on. I'm trying to to place it. I think I'm getting more of the chili heat out of it. That's interesting because I actually can't taste the chili. I I've got none of that. <coughs> getting wicked. Lime. I really think that's what I'm getting. I don't know if I'm getting as much of the lime or if I'm getting more of the chili. It's interesting. I like that. It's definitely better than the one that you made me drink the last time. With the face, remember? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was an American porter. I I think you may just not like that style of beer. Well, there's definitely that. That and the IPAs. 
Well, it's interesting that we're both getting different things off this, and and I kind of like that uh, because I was disappointed because I thought the chilies got lost, and I didn't put a lot in there because I was concerned about it overpowering. Um, But what I really want to know, Paul, is uh, how do you feel about this? I like it. It's not something I would sit down and drink all the time. It's definitely one of the change of pace beers, kind of like the whole peanut butter and jelly thing. I wouldn't just... Now and then I'd be like, give me one of those chili beers. See, I almost feel like this would be... I would not mind drinking the, just this like at a summer barbecue or something. I, I feel like it's light and refreshing, but maybe that's because I'm getting more of the wine yeah. than you are. Uh, definitely, like you said, better than the last one. I think it's an improvement over the first one, the original light beer. I don't I, know. I enjoyed the light beer. Uh, yeah, Didn't you, I? Yeah, you did. You did. You said it was kind of like a PBR. Yes. Yes. So, so we know Paul's tastes run between PBR and PBR. <laughs> that slim line right in between them yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean this is uh okay this is this week's beer bastards i mean i don't know we still have a rating system for this kind of thing uh and these are my beers so i don't care if we rate them right but we do need more of a, the thumbs up and thumbs down kind of thing well this is my beer so i've got to give it a thumbs up actually i probably would give something a thumbs down if it was awful but this is my favorite so far Very that cool. i've made i and like it I do have the uh, the chocolate cherry one, um, which is done, which I'll, I'll bring maybe next time. Uh, interestingly enough, now I'm curious because you and I are both tasting different things here. I didn't get – I could only get a little bit of the chocolate, none of the cherry. I'm wondering what you're going to taste in that. It would be interesting. Yeah. And I'm my, my next potential experiment – oh, wait, actually, we haven't, we haven't recorded it. I haven't talked about this. Oh, my God. I have two new batches in, Paul. I have a uh, – a, uh, a strawberry Oktoberfest, which may be a lost cause because all of the strawberries in it actually made my keg blow the top off, uh, which Whoa. it's designed to do that if fermentation, you know, if it, the temperature must have been too high, cover still goes back on and everything. The pr- thing is, if that happens, you're supposed to immediately put it back on because if any bacteria gets in there, it can ruin your beer. Right. This happened on a Saturday. I, it may have been off for a couple hours. I don't know. The only thing that might save me is the fact that it was inside a cooler and the cooler was still sealed. Nice. So I, I might be okay. Um, the other one, which I'm really excited about, though right after I brewed it, I found a whole mess of uh, different ways I could have done it to probably get better results. Uh, but it's a, a spearmint Irish stout that uh, I actually used fresh spearmint from. Uh, we have it growing out. Because years ago, I bought my mother-in-law's house. That's where I live now. We, we bought her house. And years ago, she's like, oh, I like tea. Sometimes I like mint tea. I'll plant a little spearmint plant and have mint tea once in a while. And, of course, if you know anything about mint, it, it reproduces like rabbits. So there is a forest of mint that I can't even I, – I tear it all out, and it just it's right back. Uh, it's on our, our side yard. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to use some of that, and I'm going to put it in my beer. Now, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, I have read that you know there are better ways to do it. And finally, my, my next one I'm going to try is going to be a chocolate orange – stout nice yeah and i was i almost picked up some orange oil yesterday because i want to play with extracts a little bit but i've been doing everything natural and like you know what since i i got personally i got so much lime out of this i think i want to use fresh oranges for it rather than use an orange oil um i just need to get some cocoa nibs or find a more effective way to put chocolate into it because cocoa powder does not really seem to work in case anybody's wondering uh but that's it for what i have for beer bastards today outstanding Let's move on to Comic-Cons. 
Because we have okay. a whole lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, it's going to be a busy uh, last half of the year. Yes. We have some live appearances coming up. First, we're going to be back at the, uh, the Holiday Inn in Liverpool for Mr. Teddy Haynes' Syracon Fall Edition, October 23rd. Um, I'm hearing rumblings of this one being a big, big, big deal. Okay. Um, Teddy's got some big plans. It sounds like there's going to be a gaming tournament this time. Um, some returning guests that haven't been around for a while. Some classic legends. Joe Sinnott. Classic uh, inker from the 70s. He actually is the inker on the cover of Nova Number 1. Hmm. So that's a big deal for me. And that man does an awesome classic Thor. I saw him the last time he was there two years ago. Um, he was sketching classic, you know what I mean, like Journey into Mystery Thor. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, we're also going to have Eugene Clark. Yeah, he played Big Daddy in Land of the Dead, which is uh, my favorite George Romero zombie film. I know that's sacrilege, but uh, my personal favorite out of all of those. I thought that would be a big deal for you. Oh, yeah, especially... I mean, you look at all those movies, how many zombies actually have a name? Right. It's it's not like The Walking Dead now, where every zombie that's you know different has some kind of a cute little nickname that they can talk about on Talking Dead afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, you know, they had to really stand out. And the whole concept of zombies is they don't stand out. They're all mindless, the same, you know, hive mind. Not even hive mind, just... Mindless, upper, yeah. Mindless, yeah. Uh, and really, there's only been two... In the entire uh, George Romero series, there was Bub from Day of the Dead, which I personally have a, a, a problem with because I don't think zombies should start getting... And I shouldn't say smarter. If something's around long enough, even if it's dead, it may pick stuff up. But Bob actually started communicating, and Bob remembered some old things from his... Pre- you probably haven't seen Day of the Dead. I haven't seen A scientist was keeping this one zombie in his lab, and, and the zombie kind of became his pet, and it was learning, and like it would pick up a phone because it remembered what a phone was like, and then it wouldn't hurt the, the scientist. You know, It was protective of him. Uh, I don't think that that's a... In the story that those kind of movies are trying to tell, I don't think that that's, that's something that should happen. Big Daddy, on the other hand, he became protective of the zombies. You could see him watching the humans, killing the zombies. You could see him, when humans showed up, try to make noise, try to get the zombies. He was recognizing danger. This is an actual you know, evolution. Um, <clears throat> wanting to get the other zombies away when the other zombies were killed it distressed him and as far as them using tools the zombies do end up using tools in those movies uh, not a lot but it's really basic stuff and some of it's by accident like when you know he has a gun that a soldier had it's just he's been carrying it the entire movie he just picked it up doesn't know what to do with it and then when shit starts happening accidentally pulls a trigger it goes off and he's like ah you know, he, he slowly, slowly getting something back, slowly learning a much more natural way than they did with Bub in uh, Day of the Dead. And uh, instincts that make sense for what he was. I just went way too far off into that. But yeah, I'm excited to meet Eugene Clark. That should be cool. We're going to try really hard to get him on mic. Really, really hard. Um, hopefully he'll be more communicative than his character. Yes. yes. Um, also, I, I didn't write this one down, but... Um, a friend of the show is going to be there. Ms. I Nicole Jelnick. Yes. So maybe we can get her over, talk about her newest edition of A Taste for Killing. I have not met her yet. 
That's no. We, we've discussed her. You have not met her. Madison has. Madison danced with her. Wow. That was uh, Geekpad's introduction to it. Madison was dancing, and she came out and danced with Madison. But then in November, um, this one's kind of a big deal, especially for me. Syracuse, New York Comic Con at the SRC Arena out at, uh, on the OCC campus. November 13th. Um, I believe that show's going to start at 11 a.m., Show ends at like five or six, and I believe he's having a cosplay rave afterwards. Is that another Sunday? Probably. Bitch. Yeah, these these guys like to do uh, their one day shows on Sundays for whatever reason. But lined up there, um, very good friend of the show, friend of the family, Salotero, going to be in for that. Um, I believe members of Ominous Press are going to be there. Okay. And guest of honor, as I understand it right now, which is huge for me, Mr. Ron Mars, Woo-hoo. creator of Kyle Rayner. Um, big heyday for Green Lantern in the early 2000s. He's done a ton of stuff. He's, he's, um, he's got a big stake in Ominous Press. He's the one that, you know, kind of bridged that gap for us and said, hey, get these guys here too. We're doing a lot of cool stuff. Um, hopefully we're going to be a, a big part of that. Not Ominous Press, but... Being involved with them, getting around to talk with us, and all around good times. Um, nothing official to announce, but I heard the possibility of getting some panels going. Okay. At this show, um, maybe some really interesting stuff. Um, maybe the debut of a new podcast at this show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think I discussed that with you yet. No, you did not. Um, one that doesn't involve us, actually. Wow. So, lots of lots of doings. Well, going. I am excited to hear about that, and I can't yes. wait for November. So, it's going to be good times. But then, now let's go back into the past and discuss something that uh, we had a we had a big part. We did. Wait, I don't even remember when this was. I don't even know what we're talking about. August? Oh, we're talking about Nickel City? Yes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I'm agreeing with you just to make the show flow, and then you didn't bite and actually talk about it. So, Um, yeah, we were there in August. Uh, We went to Nickel City Comic Con in uh, Buffalo, New York. The inaugural. The inaugural, yes. It was the very first one. And uh, GeekPod was lucky enough to be a guest there. We had a table set up. And, wow, what a fantastic experience. Now, the way I've kind of framed this is that we went there, we got every interview that we thought we could get, that we wanted. We got every interview we thought we could get. We got every interview that we didn't think we had a chance. And even one that we d- didn't even really talk about beforehand, and it just kind of happened. And I just, it was, wow. I mean, talk about a success for us. Yes, it was a huge win for us. It was an awesome weekend. Very good time. Uh, we had some weird bumps in the road leading up to and all that, but it was it was it was awesome. Yeah. A lot of good time. Um, a lot of things happening there that never in a fucking million years did we think were going to happen. Now, are we going to talk about stuff specifically, or are we just sure? vague? We can we can we because people may, may have actually listened to the show, the shows we did. Yeah, so they they know like the interviews we're talking about, and maybe some of the stuff we kind of obtusely referenced. Okay. Um, 
But what I want to talk about is um, the fact that we were the tag team champions for all of about 30 seconds. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they got brought up on your episode or not because I wasn't, wasn't there for that episode. Remember when you sat down with those guys? Oh, oh yeah. I wasn't yeah. there for that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, we, we did. I think we talked about it. But okay. yeah, that was, uh, that was quite the experience. And boy, weren't uh, they interesting characters. They were great. They were so much fun. Um, but, you know, it's there's something to being able to hold an actual wrestling belt. I mean, you see it all the time. Mm-hmm. You see it on TV. You saw it when you were a kid. But actually being able to hold it, I mean, there's, I don't know, there, there's some kiddish magic there. I don't know what happened, but yeah, that, that was that was cool. Yes. Um, and the thing is, they'll never see the, the first pose we did where we were holding the belt up. Yeah. Because um, he kept that for himself, didn't he? It was on his phone. Oh, yeah, I think so. Oh well, that's too bad. Ask. There's always that too. They were uh, from the from the Nickel City Wrestling. Yes. Yes. Um, and names are escaping me at the moment. It's probably because we've been, you know, drinking beer now. That happens. What are you gonna do? Look uh, it up. That's what I'm gonna do. But yeah, in if if you're interested in, in local wrestling or indie promotions at all, uh, it certainly sounds like they're building something pretty cool. Uh, I also noticed that uh, he does a lot of Facebook Live stuff, puts a lot of uh, matches like live as they're happening right on Facebook. So nice. definitely embracing technology in a way that uh, you know some other companies don't. What I really liked was the uh, the energy. Well, besides the really cool contacts as well, um, the, ener- <laughs> the energy. Uh, and this is this is a guy that you know he started doing this late in life, and this was a big deal. This is what we talked about when we recorded. Uh, Late in life, you know, had already had a job, had kids, had a family and everything, and decided he wanted to be a pro wrestler. You know, he hadn't been working on it since he was, you know, a kid. And he decided he wanted to do this, and he made it happen. And, and that's pretty cool. You know, a lot of people are afraid to pursue their dreams, or they don't think that they have the uh, the skill or any chance at all of getting there. And it's nice to see when somebody actually does. That would be Gabriel Soul. Yes. Discussing. And uh, was it his partner? Yes, the uh, arcade. TJ Carts, the arcade? Yeah. Okay. Um, did you see him day two, by the way, TJ? Walking oh. around the con. With? By himself, from the looks of it, but he was dressed up as Mario. Oh, you know, I think I did see that. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah, I just wanted to make sure we shot yeah, that. Thank you, yeah, because the names were escaping me, too. Um, going on to other interviews, I mean, we, we talked to uh, Neil fucking Adams. For Christ's sake. Yes. Um, Which I just finished re-listening to yesterday. That was such a great interview. Yeah. He is so much fun. And he's another one. He will enjoy her science segment. Yes. He is a huge science geek. Neil Adams. Which you're staring blankly at me because you probably have no idea who Neil Adams is. No. Shame on you that she doesn't know who Neil Adams is. Have you ever tried? You don't have a teenager yet. You'll find out how how easy it is to get them to do something. Like put a screen protector on their phone. Or keep it in their hand. Yeah. Well, no, like that a, should be the easy part. Is he in a movie? He is one of the... Okay. Th- this is the way that I have uh, framed him when I tried to explain him to Damara. Who is the greatest, most legendary comic writer that you are aware of? Stanley. Okay, there's only one name. You know it right off the bat, okay? Obviously, there's always a succession. When Stanley dies, Neil Adams will probably, I would say... Be the most legendary creator there is. That, that is alive, yes. 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 
Okay. Oh, but he's an artist. He's a penciler. Yeah. Oh. I would. I would say that's the drawings. I, I mean, I think. I, I really think that. that that Neil Neil is. That's where he is. You know, and for us to first of all get an interview with that guy. Second of all, I mean, apparently it's very difficult to get an interview with him, which we did not know. Can you imagine if we had known that before we approached him? Uh, yeah, that, we probably yeah. wouldn't have. Well, the thing is, we didn't approach him. True, so true. much. Well, we were kind of looking. He, you know. Paul, Paul Theater of the Mind. Yes. He, he, he cast the line out and hooked us in. Which, again, if you've listened to that minisode, he wastes no time telling you how that went down. No, he does not. Um, so, yeah, that, that was a great interview. And long. Yeah. Way longer than I expected to get to sit down with him. I expected yeah. a soundbite, not 20 minutes with him. Discussing poop shivers and, <laughs> and yeah. asshole or assholes and yeah. ears. Three dicks and an asshole in your ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that that surprised me. Um, the fuck? Yeah, exactly. Listen yeah. to the show, Lana. Uh, also, um, okay, all, all the names are escaping me now. Uh, Brian O'Halloran was great. That yes, called me Grizzly Adams. You know, he, he just such an interesting guy. I and mean, you know, we I apparently started off the uh, segment by insulting him, which wasn't what <laughs> insulting I meant to his do. age. Yes. Yeah, no, I really do. Does not he? Does he? Okay, look, okay. Look at someone like Ric Flair. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ric looks, Flair now is like old. Somebody's grandmother. But but if but, but if you look at him when he's younger, and and someone didn't say that's old Ric Flair, if you just saw him, you, you might. I mean, looks kind of the same, but you might not know. That totally. Was Brian O'Halloran? He's no still question. Dante. Yes. Yeah, he, he's still he's still he's aged incredibly well. He looks Dante like Dante a little bit older, yes. um, but clearly the same person. Um, also, we got to talk to Ming Chen. No, no. Oh no. How does he want to be referenced? Oh, now? Ming motherfucking Chen. Yes. <laughs> um, which which I mean, let's say for our little podcast, we got to sit down with one of the stars of a uh, internationally watched TV show. Uh, aired on AMC right after The Walking Dead. One of the comic book men, Ming motherfucking Chen, sat down with us. Okay, that that that's huge, you know. And uh, he was definitely you know interesting and gracious and such a cool guy. Yes. And you know, you got to see how cool he was a little bit more than I did. Yes, I did. Um, yeah, we uh, we got invited after after the first night of the, the con. To the is invited the wrong word <laughs> um, to the VIP party. And, and you know hosted what? By the con. Technically, I think we belonged there. Uh, yeah, I mean, we didn't seem out of place in a party with a bunch of comic book nerds. You know. Well, I, I think that uh, we belonged there because, and this is probably what we did, right? Because we, we saw a couple people walking around with recorders and stuff. They were podcasts trying to get interviews. Rather than show up and try to get interviews, we went in as guests. We had a table. We had a presence there. Uh, I think that helped a lot because technically we were guests of the show and we had every right to be there, I guess. Um, it was a little weird for us. And as you know, it, it turns out because when we got there, we were greeted by um, Steve Geiger's wife. Yes. who uh, I didn't get her first name. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, he just, this is my wife, and then she just started talking. And by the way, Steve Geiger's wife is freaking awesome. She is hilarious. She oh. is so much fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you know, she'd be like, you know, she's the, you're going to go to a comic book convention, introduce your wife to Steve Geiger's wife because, you know, they'll, 
yep. have a blast, and get, you'll no longer be in the doghouse for dragging your wife along to a comic book convention. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, she she came up to us and immediately said, you know, because we're media, technically we're media, said, you know, you have to understand, you know, what happens here stays here. And then she made us do this weird pinky swear thing where we lock pinkies and kiss our hands or something, which you must have gotten the explanation when she turned around to do it to me. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I got no explanation. I just rolled with it. Uh, But that was really cool of her uh, to kind of give us the blessing and just let us know the rules because we didn't. You know, this this was our our first time at something like this. And, of course, I don't think she ever needed to worry about that anymore. No, everyone was well-behaved. I mean, nothing was crazy. It was was, was just a cool And even if it was um, crazy, we'd still be saying everyone was well-behaved and nothing was crazy because those are the rules. That's right. That's not a problem. Uh, There's got to be little nuggets to keep for yourself. But, uh, no, it it was really cool to just hang out there, you know, with some of the stars. Uh, I regret I didn't get to talk to a few of them, but... Uh, we sat down, sat down next to Ming and uh, Brian O'Halloran, and you know everyone was having drinks. And then I went back to the hotel because I'd walked 23 miles in the uh, day and a half previous to that, and couldn't walk anymore. Uh, but Paul had a more interesting night. Yeah, you know, had a couple of drinks. Wow. <laughs> you just got to hang out with Ming. Yeah, that's all. I wasn't even. Okay. So no, I, I was. I wasn't hinting at anything that we're not allowed to talk no, about. No, no. But I, I, I was just playing it off. Oh, okay. um, no, what happened was is Hugh says he's leaving, and says that he needed to go. You know, fix his his dying oh, feet. Oh, oh, but you know, before you get into that, let's frame this properly, and I'm going to throw you under the bus now. So we're standing <laughs> there, and Paul is like a little kid. Uh, uh, get a 14 year old boy who's never Should talked we to. Roll a girl this before. back to. The morning of that day at the county. Oh, oh, okay. If you want, because I mean, we we only touched upon it briefly and it got awkward on air because okay. of what happened. Okay. But you know what? I'm all about laying bare, like that. Not like laying like I'm not going to strip my clothes off and lay down on the ground. Oh, I was actually thinking of a bear lying down, but <laughs> but I'm uh, let's lay the truth bare for everyone right now. Um, I was bound and determined. To meet the comic book men. Because... I uh, started doing this because of Tell Him Steve Dave. I've listened to that show for ages. It, it inspired me. It's like, if these two idiots can do it, why can't I? And those two idiots being Brian Johnson and Walt Flanagan from Comic Book Men, along with Brian Q. Quinn from Impractical Jokers. <clears throat> if those guys can do it, why not I? So, and that that was the impetus for us even being a part of Nickel City for me was I found out all four of them were going to be there, and that's rare. Walt doesn't go anywhere. So if they were going to be there, at first this all started because we were just going to attend the show. And then I was like, you know what, why not? Let's Let's reach out. Well, fast forward, we're guests. So I needed to meet these guys. Absolutely needed to meet these guys. So we get all set up, and I literally looked at you guys and said, okay, I'm going to go over there and try and talk to them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. This was after I had already hit or hollering, right? I don't recall you striking that. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. No. Because um, their tables were next to each other. So I went over, I talked to Brian a little bit. Super nervous, because my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. This is the star of it. And he was really cool. He said, yeah, sure, we can sit down later, blah, 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 blah. He was still trying to set up. I didn't want to bother him. I moved on. Um, the guys were all there, all four of them, in their handler. 
But what struck me was Ming was not behind the table. He was standing in front of the table, like, just out, like, bullshitting with people and greeting people. And I turn from O'Halloran's table and start walking towards them, and he and I made the concerted effort that we were wearing our Geek Pack shirts for the whole thing. That's, Aren't you glad I had that idea? Yes. And that I finally, like, acquiesced to yes, it. Yes, yes, because I had to really work you on that one. Yes. And so I take a couple steps towards, and I'm going to tell her now, because she actually probably hasn't heard this story at all. And maybe it'll keep her engaged. She looks very bored right now. Yeah. Um, I take a, <laughs> I got the eye roll, just so you know. Yeah, I saw. I take a couple of steps towards them, and Ming looks up, and he goes, Hey, Geek Pod! And my jaw about bounced off the floor. It's like, holy shit, he knows who we are. But then I'm like, no, I'm wearing a t-shirt that says Geek Pod. So I take a couple steps towards him to go to shake his hand, I said, hey, how's it going? He's like, great, great. I saw your message. I'll definitely sit down with you guys. So I'm back to, holy fuck, he knows who we are. <laughs> and I played it off cool there. I'm talking to those guys. Walt did not want to talk. Like, he was just like, hey, you know, just, you're a big fan. I get it. Yeah, yeah. Dog tag. Yeah, you're cool. Um, we talked about their episode 300 that had just came out. And I said, you know, I'm a bad aunt. I haven't gotten a chance to listen to it yet. And Bryce says, well, I'm not surprised. It dropped yesterday or something. He goes, it's three fucking hours. And I said, what? what? <laughs> three hours? <laughs> so, yeah. And then it, it was back to Ming talking about our show and talking about how great it is and keep going. And, you know, everyone should be doing this. It's great, blah, 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 blah. I'm all sorts of jazz. I'm super excited. I come flying back over to our table trying to report this back, and I can barely talk. And your dad can attest to this. I put my hand up to show him that I'm literally... Shaking. Like, shaking. Like, I know I put on, like, on the mics, I, I put on this whole bravado, and, yeah. you know, there was no bravado that day, was there? <laughs> no. And it, and I mean, if you listen to the first episode, which I believe we called The Sausage Patty, from there, I try to tell this story, and I literally break down into tears. I could not talk. Happened on mic in front of everybody <laughs> around. <laughs> I'm literally, and I'm going to, it's going to be hard, I'll try and shout so I can finish telling the story, but I was pushed away from the mic, turned towards your dad, and I'm rocking, crying. Shit, you not. Is any of that an exaggeration? No, and and I think it was such a real moment that, I mean, I, I tried not to give you shit there. You know, I mean, I, did, I, did I give you any shit? Not really. I think you were so thrown by it, like, there yeah. really wasn't, you couldn't. And then him and Laura are just sitting there like... Yeah. Yeah. It, it was seriously a real moment. And I'll tell you, you know what else it was? It was beautiful. Paul crying was, was beautiful. It was beautiful oh, because... Oh, don't lie. I'm an ugly crier. I know that for a fact. <laughs> you know, I didn't judge you based on those metrics, but um, seeing that kind of of powerful reaction, I mean, that that was beautiful. Uh, to, to knowing that he met... That one of his heroes, I mean, that provoked that kind of a reaction in him is awesome. I mean, we rarely get to feel something that strongly. The, the birth of a child, the, the day of your wedding. You know, there's so few really big moments. We say, oh, you know, I'm happy as a pig and shit. But no, you, you're really not. You're happy for that day most of the time. Very few moments like that happen. And it, as weird as it was, Paul, I'm, I was thrilled that, that you're sitting there crying. And I was <coughs> ridiculously happy for you. It was nuts. And I don't like being so out of control like that, but it was... 
I mean, that needed to be documented. Like, we needed to... Uh, that story needed to be told. I think you're right. So, yeah. And then I ended up going out bar hopping with him that night. So, you know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, it's funny because I, that's where we were going. That's right. I'm sorry. Right after that, so we're at the party and... Uh, a Chad Nowicki, who is a... Uh, Chad. A Chad. God, I did it again. I did it when You're we first dead. met him. Son of a bitch. What? You know what it is? I had a friend named Chad growing up, so that's what keeps throwing me. I am so sorry, Chad. Um, Chad Nowicki, uh, who is, by the way, the coolest guy ever. He's um, awesome. And we'll talk about him, too. But he was there, and he was kind of working as the, uh, the social lubricant. You know, there was the stars, and he was comfortable with them. Uh, and there was he just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, 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 you know. And then there was us, and he kept kind of pulling us. Salatero kept pulling us over there. And while I love Ming Chen and Brian O'Haller, and they're they're Paul's people, you know. I mean, I love Clerks. I like comic books, comic book men. But you know, I'm not. If Ming Chen had said, "Hey, Geek God, I wouldn't have had the same reaction because I'm not as invested in that particular fandom. I guess you would call it. Right. Uh, so Paul was kind of like standing there, like doo, 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 doo. like there's a really hot girl he's had a crush on for years, but he's afraid to talk to her. And he just Sal's trying to pull him over, Shad's trying to pull him over, nothing happened. So finally, the people get up next to Ming, and I go over. I'm like, "Hey Ming, do you mind if I sit down here?" Because I'm like, "I know I want to leave." So I'm like, "I am getting Paul and Ming talking before I leave because I know Paul had said." Manny wants to go and hang out and you know drink with Ming or whatever. You'd said that before. We wouldn't that be right. cool if we could do that? I'm like, you know what. I'm going to feel bad if I leave and 20 minutes later Paul leaves. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to try to introduce you to, and if you fuck it up, then it's on you. You know, at least I, I've done everything I can. And, you know, like, hey, this is my buddy Paul. You know, yeah, you know, I, I have to leave because of all the walking I did, you know, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to sit down with you guys. I'm like, all right, I got to go. Uh, I think I left. I was only sitting next to him for a couple minutes, right? Yeah, and then he immediately, like, gets up, vaults over the, the little coffee table that was there and, like, shoves me at me, basically. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but we're still not... Properly painting this picture. Okay. Because, again, there's all the bravado, and if, if you guys have seen me at any of these other shows, I'm, like, Mr. Party Time. I'm up. I'm, I'm... Yeah. I'm very socially active. We walk into this place, and when we were in the other room, I was fine. Laughing and talking with everybody. Sale says, hey, they're opening up the patio. Let's go out there. Okay. All right, that's cool. We walk out there and immediately see Shad surrounded by people. And over Shad's shoulder is Holleran and Ming talking. And uh, Sale goes, let's just go hang out over there. Paul immediately shuts down. Paul's the guy standing there with a drink in his hand, just... Yeah. Literally. That wasn't just me, like, making, like, no sound. I was, I was done. I was completely off my game completely off my game. The only people I would talk to were Hugh, Laura, Sal, and Shad. We even had O'Halloran come over to us and was, like, engaging us in conversation, and I had, like, two-word answers. That's when I knew there was a problem. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. But I pulled it together for the interviews. Yeah. Well, I, so. you know, I wasn't really that worried about you pulling it together for the interviews. I didn't want you to miss out on the opportunity of a lifetime and you get to do something that you talked about wanting to do. Right. Which yeah. I did. It was cool. It was very cool. And it's not like it was just Ming and I. And there is there is photographic proof. Because Sal Otero did do a big selfie of all of us hanging out. So I think I saw that. that. Yeah. But yeah, that's so awesome. So, that was fun. 
just just keep in mind we ever end up at a con with somebody who's a big deal for me. Do everything you can to make sure I get to hang out with them afterwards. Right. You're going to have to like console me when I'm crying and rocking. <laughs> so yeah, that that was that was that. What else? I mean, should we keep with the running theme about me doing stupid shit? They, that would pretty much be any topic that we broach. <laughs> the only other one was the whole Neil Adams introduction thing. Which he covered on the minisode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I want to, uh, I'd like to shout out Shad again, just because uh, I'm sure he's uh, listening. Um, if you guys don't know who Shad Nowicki is, I mean, find him through our Facebook page or whatever. Uh, probably one of the best pop culture artists I've ever seen. I mean, just blown away by what this guy can do. Uh, his, his stuff is amazing. And it was funny because we went, you know, I didn't approach him. Originally, we saw him. He had a huge booth and all that stuff. And I thought he was, you know, some big artist. I, I wasn't sure who he was. I actually thought he was like a comic book artist or something. And was just doing paintings, you know, because mm-hmm. I didn't recognize the name. And we got over there to talk about something, and it was just funny because we had just interviewed Neil Adams, and Neil had talked about him, okay, and how he had known him from the convention circuit and stuff, and. Uh, we get over there and we're talking to Shad. He's like, oh yeah, Neil Adams over there. He's my hero. I'm like, oh really, dude, you're one of his convention stories. During the interview, he talked about you. And what we didn't know is that Neil Adams was Shad's hero. Shad breaks down in tears right there. (laughs) Hugs us, pictures. I mean, and, and he's gone on Facebook and said that we were his favorite part of the convention because then he talked to Neil about it because he had thought all these years Neil hated him and Neil had said in our interview, you know, I really want to hate that guy. I've been telling people, I, I, you know, I, I hate him, but he didn't really go as far as saying I like him. I don't I don't recall. I don't believe so. But, but it was one of those things you could tell because he's, you know, an old curmudgeon. He didn't want to say it, but it was clear that he kind of liked him. Yes. Um, and that just, I mean, that was like Paul's experience with Ming, except probably bigger because, you know, Shad's hero who he thought didn't like him actually does. Uh, so now he's a great friend of the the show, and just an incredible artist, just all around great guy. Um, you know, it's like if we, I wish I could surround myself with people like him all the time. Right. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is, day one we never spoke to the guy. Yeah. But it was at that same after party at Soho. That's when Sale started talking. He was like, "You guys got to come over here. Come here. Come here. Meet this guy." And that's when, like he said, it was it was social lubricant. Like Shad just knew everybody. Didn't give two shits about who they were. He was just there to have a good time. And we got roped into it with him. And that's when we became fast friends. Very fast. Yeah. And that's when, second day, we would come over and we were giving him shit. What were you calling him? Tito? What was it? Oh. The drummer from Devo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was a thing. It was a running joke. So we came around to bust his balls about that. And then we just got talking about our con experience. And that's how the Neil Adams story got out. And then he started crying and hugging us. So, it was good time. You know, again, it was another one of those profound moments, and I felt awesome that we were able to, to give that to him because, I mean, just think about that. What are the chances those two could continue working conventions together for years and Shad would never know how Neil felt? Right. And they never would have gotten together and had that talk they did later. Um, I, I'm just proud to have been a part of that. I agree. It was, it was awesome. It's, it's something really cool that we got to do for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Unintentionally, <laughs> we did so. Um, what else? Yeah. Um, I don't know. There, so much happened. Yes. Um, I got a call from you at two a.m. 
Because you said you had a question for me. I do did, you, and I forget what it was. Paul do you was know not, what that... You weren't, you, you, Paul wasn't there. He wasn't? No, they, he was out with uh, out with me. We had to be uh, on the way back then. You said yeah, you were recording, though. Oh, that might have been the first night. I still wasn't there. <laughs> no, you know what it was? Is I saw you on Facebook active like 10 minutes earlier, and I forget what the question was now, but it, there was a question I had for you. But I was like, oh, you're active. So I'm like, you know, because I knew you weren't supposed to be up that time of night, but it was a Friday. I'm like, oh, you're up. What the fuck? I'll give you a call. It was during the summer. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter during the summer. But yes, it was only because I saw you on Facebook active. Yeah, I I just wanted to know if Paul knew what the question was. Oh, no, I don't remember. I I was barely conscious. Yeah, he was like half asleep. Actually, I think that's after you went to sleep and before uh, Sal and I went out. Nice. Yeah, I don't care that you called me at 2 a.m. I just wanted to know if... Anybody but thank you for putting it. that out there. <laughs> no, I don't remember what it was. Um, it must have been something Sal and I were talking about. God, I wish I could remember that now. Did I text yeah. you? No, you didn't text me. You just called me a couple times. But my uh, phone was dying and my charger was giving yeah, up. Yeah, I was so like, I you know left what? it in my room. You know what? I know you were using your phone a few minutes before. You know, the, the one out of like what I've called you like three times since you got that phone. <laughs> and you don't answer. So It's always on silent. I know. So you're just like my wife. Your phone's always on silent. I don't know why you even have one. I do the same thing. Well, I do I, because of work. I check it often, but I can't have my phone vibrating in the middle of class. I mean... I, Lana, it was a joke. Yeah, Just I you know. and Damara both always have your phones off, and it's sometimes irritating. But, like, even just, like, Link calls me in the middle of class, and my phone needs they to be They should know better. They should, but they don't. What? Nothing. Just compelling Pers- stuff. Yeah, personal family discussions. Compelling. Yeah. yeah. Now, we've gotten so far off track, yeah, and have. it just occurred to me that we are way into this, because second half here is 45 minutes in. Oh, awesome. Um, you had a game you wanted us to play. I do have a game. Oh, and yeah. And this game is uh, in honor of Star Trek's 50th anniversary, so I was giving some thought about to this, and... Basically, I was thinking there are two celebrities that uh, both kind of have similar ways of talking. They talk differently, and they say some pretty outrageous things sometimes. Um, so I came up with this game. I call it Shitner or Shatner. So what's going to happen is this. I am going to read you a quote, and you have to decide if this quote is from Donald Trump or William Shatner. Now, if anybody's a Donald Trump fan, you know, no disrespect to you, uh, but I do think that they sound very similar and they both actually say some pretty stupid stuff sometimes. So let's see if you guys are smart enough to figure this out. Now, Paul, if you want to keep score, put a like a, a Paul and Alana, and we'll have you put a mark in each column. She was. Right. I don't know a lot about William Shatner. It's a Just 50-50 play. shot, regardless. Just play. Okay, first quote. If saving money is wrong, I don't want to be right. I think that's Donald Trump. I'm going to say Trump as well. It's Shatner. Ooh. Really? Yep. Actually, maybe we should put Hugh and give me a, me a point for that. Next up. Without passion, you don't have energy. Without energy, you have nothing. Shatner. Yeah, I'm going to say Shatner. Donald Trump. Really? We're bad at this game. Wow. Crap. All right. Next up. Bing, bing, bong, bong. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> that is Shatner. That's probably from a spoken word album. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know what kind of reference this is, so I'm just going to go with Shatner, because he said it. Donald Trump. Are you shitting me? I am not. 
Next up. No, I don't regret anything at this point. That may change on the next phone call, but at the moment, I don't regret anything. Trump. I want to say Trump, but I'm going to go with William Shatner. It was Shatner. Yes! Way to go, Lana. Oh, just go against what you think it right. is. My marriage, it seemed, was the only area of my life in which I was willing to accept something less than perfection. Trump? Maybe? I'm going to go with Trump, too, because hasn't he been married like 27 times? There you go, Donald yeah. Trump. Finally on the board. Good job, yeah. Paul. When forced to choose between two equally undesirable options, the only thing to do was change the rules. Trump. Shatner. Shatner. Oh! You are running away with this one now, Lana. I have never seen a thin person drinking Diet Coke. That's Shatner. Donald? Donald Trump. Oh! (laughs) Alright. I formulated a theory. You have to continuously fail. You fail at something, then you get over it. Then you fail some more. And after you fail, there's always something new there. And that something can be really interesting. Shatner. Shatner. Jesus, I'm terrible (laughs) at this game. Do you mind if I sit back a little? Because your breath is very bad. It really is. Donald. Shatner. Donald Trump. See, I really wanted to say that. Live on the air to Larry King in 1989. Wow. In second grade, I actually gave a teacher a black eye. I punched my music teacher because I didn't think he knew anything about music, and I almost got expelled. Shatner. Shatner. Donald Trump. Jesus Christ. And finally, we have... Oh, we have two more. I really enjoyed reading all the classic authors, like Edward Buller-Lytton, Ann Coulter, and Madonna. Oh. Trump. Shatner. You know what's funny? Because I don't have the name on this one. I don't know. Ugh. Oh, I fuck you. Oh, wait, no, that was Shatner. That was Shatner. Didn't right. I say Shatner? You said... Did I screw that one up? Finally, one last one. We're all embers from the same fire. Our ember winks out. We're ashes. We go back to the fire. Shatner. No, oh, Donald Trump. Shatner. Doesn't matter. I got destroyed on that one. I win. Lana had seven. I had two. How many did I have? Uh, the ones that none of us could answer, you had four. Is that right? thought I had more than that, but okay. I don't know. I, I don't... I If one of us got it right, I didn't add it on to yours. Yeah, that's right. So, I don't know. All right. Well, good job, Lana. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I blew that one. So, we're going to roll right into the book club? Um, you can. I've actually read no comics in weeks. Paul. I've had no time for that, unfortunately. Well, well, my book club pick this week is uh, Spider-Man number seven, not um, Amazing Spider-Man, the one regular Spider-Man uh, starring Miles Morales, uh, specifically because of one thing, uh, everything Civil War these days. Uh, this book kind of uh, struck me in the same way that Captain America Falcon did uh, a couple weeks back uh, when I noticed that the race was a very key element in the book, and I don't recall comics being that heavily... Um, focus on real talk of race not you know i mean there was always racist stereotypes and stuff like that back in the 80s and such but uh real conversations about it and there's a point you know tony stark comes and he he talks to miles not in this book it was in our previous issue and says i'm asking you to pick a side in civil war or whatever you know i'd like you to be on my side well he's talking to one of his uh his super-powered friends and i forget her name i think it's boom something or brother but 
uh, he basically says that this is giving him problems. He's having bad dreams. He, he doesn't really want to be part of this fight. Maybe his heart's not in it. But Tony Stark asked him, you know, came to him and asked him, and she's like, it's just another rich white guy telling you what to do. Just tell him no. He'll cry, go home and cry on a really expensive pillow. And Miles <laughs> keeps saying, well, no, no. He tries to say, but he asked me, not that he, he told me. But uh, I was like, wow, what a really poignant um, reference point for racism, you know, that you know, out of the blue, that, you know, this one character saying, don't do what he said. It's a rich white guy telling you what to do. That's bullshit. I was like, holy crap, I've never thought of Tony Stark in that way. And, and while he is a rich white guy, I'd never equated him to other prickish w- rich white guys that we have uh, in the real world. And I, I guess just because this comic book gave me a, a slightly new perspective on a character I've read for almost 40 years, I just I like, you know what, I, that's going to be my pick of the week. Because nice. that was not something I was expecting out of that book uh, at that time. But, you know, uh, if you're interested in uh, catching up on that, uh, you can pick that comic book up where, Paul? Cloud City Comics and Toys in the Shopping Town Mall. Oh, almost as good as me. <laughs> yeah, I've just had no opportunity to read. Um, Moon Knight even came out this week, and I haven't been able to touch it. It's just been too nutty between our trip and then taking Madison back to... Yeah, um, Hopkins and doing Great Wolf Lodge on the way back from that. So, what is Great Wolf Lodge? It's a it's a hotel in Pennsylvania that has an indoor water park in it included. It was a whole big thing. Really? Yeah, it was that's cool. Time. It was it was fun. Um, but they're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to go too far into it. Great Wolf who Lodge. Did you miss the point? Though? I missed the point. Yeah. Okay. This is why we don't drink. Paul, it was like half a bottle of beer, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's, it's the chili. I'll give it that. That's probably going to give me gas, too. Yeah? So. A little bit of crushed chili? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're such a little girl. <laughs> All right. I think, uh, do you have anything else? Oh, well, you know, if we ran out of stuff, I uh, did have a thought this week. I realize now that we're rebooting, not rebooting, but repairing the DC universe that uh, the new 52 kind of feels like some big Elseworlds event that just went on way too long. Hmm. Uh, specifically because I was reading Superman six this week and you know, they really kind of reestablishes this, the old Superman as the new Superman, like everyone accepts him now. Um, I did notice that Superman six had some really strange art. Um, at, at some point, basically you see Superman standing there, American flag behind him. That image gets broadcast on TV evocative of the old uh, golden age comics with the big chin and everything and it was just it was a little weird and out of place because that's not what superman looks like these days i know what they were going for they were you know purposefully trying to evoke the golden age it was just a little weird mm-hmm. i would have really preferred superman the way he's supposed to look right in that post because I mean, that's a big moment that's the reintroduction of the actual super not re- reintroduction but the final acceptance the other thing that uh, struck me about it and if you know of this or any of our listeners know of this I would really like to read the book where Superman sits down and talks to Wonder Woman and Batman and explains who the fuck he is and where he came from. Uh, That has not really happened in any of the books I read, Um, Justice League, Superman, Batman. uh, I haven't run across that yet. Uh, Maybe it hasn't happened. I know they have a tendency to not do stuff like that on panel. Uh, If it is, though, if someone knows of that, I'd appreciate them letting me know because I'd really like to pick that up and read it. I tried Googling it, but, you know, unless something's been Googled 17,000 times, it doesn't show up in the search results. Right. And I look for Superman tells Batman and uh, Wonder Woman 
of where he came from. And, you know, right now, because there aren't a lot of searches, all that comes up with is porn. So, nice. Um, <laughs> I, I'm just not having any luck. Um, but my arm's tired, so. <laughs> uh, I, I just, I would really like to read that conversation. You know, uh, are you aware? Of no idea. Okay. All right. If it happens, somebody let me know. Right. Just as quick as they're going to let us know everything else we ask for. You know, you got to keep trying, man. Got to keep trying. Yep. One of these days, somebody's going to respond. Someday. Keep dreaming. You're part of this show. Shut the fuck up. Don't talk like that. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. What is it with this generation? I have no idea. Gotta love it. Well, moving on. Yes. Um. Oh, Paul's doing something on the computer. And we're going to wrap the show up, and we're going to do it a little bit differently this time. Hugh, take it away. Well, uh, we always end the show with a WTF file. Um, this week it's going to come from me rather than Paul. Paul usually handles this segment unless I go, wait, wait, I have one too. Um, <laughs> so anyway... I was um, over at my buddy's house, or I'm sorry, over at a studio uh, recording a podcast, and um, we got to the end of the podcast, and that podcast always ended with a specific segment, and there was one person responsible for that segment, and they they actually hit pause on the recording and said, you know what, I forgot to get something prepared for this segment, and I was like, what the fuck? You you had one job? (laughs) And so I, I was just blown away because there we were at the end of a show uh, with nothing to end it with. I was blown away. Most ridiculous thing that's ever happened to me. On that note, mega bite me, bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. If you're enjoying us, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and follow us everywhere. On Twitter, at GeekPod, G33KPOD. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash geekpod. Want to get in touch with us? Email us at contribute at geekpod.com.